<coughs> oh, hey. <coughs> As you know, this is measure of an episode. Our continuing mission is to explore what makes a Star Trek episode a good Star Trek episode and not just good TV. I'm dying. And I'm Paul. And this week we watched the Star Trek The Next Generation Season 6 Episode 9 titled The Quality of Life. This episode, uh, you're going to read the blurb. What's the blurb? Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. When LaForge is assigned to (laughs) survey a new mining development, Dr. Farallon, Farallon? Farallon. I don't think they ever said Farallon. Yeah. Farallon. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. From Yulon. By the way, is that the guy in Parks and Rec? The guy that plays whatever? I I can never remember his name. But the guy who says in that company tag at the end of whatever we're talking about. Is that the guy from Parks and Rec? Whoever says that? The voiceover? Nick Offerman? Ron Swanson? From Yulon. It's gotta be Nick Offerman. Gotta be. Cool. All right, so this episode was, uh, anyway. you know, I enjoyed the episode. Um, you know, I thought that yeah. I thought that it was really good how they they did the callbacks with data. So I, I have a, a bit of a dilemma because this episode has no B plot. No, it does. It doesn't. It does. I will fight you. I will fight you. We will fight you. No, it to- it totally does. The the B plot. It well, I mean, the the B plot is the the exo is the B is is the B plot. Uh, Beverly Crusher phoning it in. <laughs> Or is, <laughs> no, the B plot is Beverly Crusher have like she had Kramer like cameos where she just like bar you know she's like I thought I'd find you down here oh I'm sorry doctor is there something you needed uh no I just <laughs> haven't been on the show in a really long time and I thought like maybe I should wander on camera I don't think there were two B plots I think it transitions I think the A plot sort of transitions from one to the other so at first it seems like it's about this station. With this particle fountain. See, and I feel like the fact that you're saying it seems like means that that was one of the plots. Because they did have to figure that out. Right, it's abandoned though. It's almost, it becomes the setting. Like if there was a sword fight in the middle of a a sports arena, it's, the the B plot is not that it's a sport, they're in a sports arena. They're just in the sports arena. Right, but it's still resolved at the end. There was, there was a conflict that was presented. There, I mean, the, if we, if we go by our, our original criteria, then data's plot would be the B plot because it's the personal development. But I don't, I don't think, I think you're right. I mean, the title of the episode would then be the B plot, which is weird, but, um, the, (laughs) what if that actually was the B plot? (laughs) (laughs) Just every single time. Like maybe they should do that with lower decks. The new star. It'd be like, not, it could be not the, not the B plot. Like that would be some of the titles. Some of the time it could be either the B plot or not the B plot. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, literally. Right. So, yeah, so this episode this this would this would be the B plot. Right. B. Yeah. Yeah, right. This is going on way too long. Yeah. We got we got to move on like immediately. I, I, but I feel like- but but I don't think I, I don't think that there's not it doesn't split equal time, right? It doesn't it doesn't bounce back and forth between the two plots. Yes, there is this this weird ticking clock. Picard says, you know, I think I think it's worth putting in a little bit more time to to make sure that your results are going to be the best that they can be. But keep in mind, I do still have to present my report and they are expecting it by a certain time. They, I'm sure that they will give an extension because of what you're saying, but they're not just going to say, OK, when you're ready. Right. So, yes, there is that ticking clock. I feel like it's a justified ticking clock. It's not just, you know, it's getting kind of late. We've been out here for three days now. We should probably go. Right. They're running out of chips. You have cards to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he never goes. Remember? <laughs> yeah. But but what? I mean, at what point? 
Okay, so yes, you're right. It is a personal plot for Data. But that is also the main plot. It becomes the main plot. Right, so I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you that the, the, the exocomps are the main plot. But I still think that the B plot, even if it, I mean, even if it gets cast to the side, like the darts, like it's still the B plot. <laughs> like, Yes, but nothing happens. Okay, to use that excellent specimen of a Star Trek episode. <laughs> yes. Shakar, I believe it was. It was. Yes. Good job. That. Yeah. Uh, even then, none of the other plot takes place. It's not like they, you know, they have to go through quarks in a gunfight. Right. Or even then. Right. Like it, it, ha- it is completely separated. OK, so then what about episode 10 fascination where the O'Brien's plot you you felt it was so intertwined with the the joy festival um, that it wasn't the B plot, but they they were surrounded. The, the B plot, the the main plot was the setting to the B plot. Like they didn't interact with the joy festival at all until the very end. Jonathan, you, you told me we would never speak of fascination ever again. And here we are. Sorry, it's on my mind Speaking. right now for, for reasons I can't tell our viewers, our listeners. We're talking about Next Gen, right? Yes. The epitome of science fiction. Yes. Which this definitely has, is is littered with science fiction. Yes. Examples of science fiction. Yes. The this was a sci-fi st- for sure. For me, yes. But the fact that it lacks a B-plot, I'm still disagreeing with you. I'm going to fight you tooth and nail, whatever that means. I still I still believe that that they are two separate plots. No matter how intertwined they are, no matter how shoved aside, not even intertwined. It's just a setting. I mean, the the, the station and its and and the the, fa- the particle fountain ultimately has no bearing on what happens in the show. The particle fountain is the whole reason the exocomps show their intelligence. Right, but it's it's just it's almost like a MacGuffin. It's a reason for them to be there. Right. It's not. There's nothing being gained dramatically other than it is the place in which all of this is happening. It's not a plot. It's a setting. But the plot is the particle fountain. Like, that's what they were going to see. The exocomp was an added bonus. And the particle fountain is having issues and they're trying to fix them using the exocomps. I, but see, okay, so I will agree with you that by the first or second act or whatever, when I don't, I, I lose track. But it is the main plot because that's what they're talking about. But then they, they have these, you know, they have the, the exo, they introduce the exocomp and then it becomes the main plot. And then they never t- really talk about the particle fountain ever again in any kind of substance other than it's sort of this looming thing that has to be decided. The fact that they're still talking about it means that it's still a plot that needs to be resolved. Like they don't, they don't just drop it. And like, I, I, if they, if they dropped it and the whole thing was about the exocomp, then I would agree with you. But the fact that we had, um, what was her name? Hendon or and whatever the, Farallon? no, <laughs> the nurse lady from, the the Zef, uh Zephram Cochran episode like mm-hmm. the that was that was the B plot was her trying like her getting sick and trying to figure out what to do with her and they had a throwaway line that resolved it you know they'll get another episode. right we but we made an exception in that episode because the original series usually usually has no B plot and we were grasping at straws to try and 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 like weed one out but but in this case a show where there are Always, almost always, except for this episode, <laughs> a, B, a B plot that is very well defined. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll put a pin in it. So if this is the only episode that doesn't have a B plot, you have to concede that it has a B plot and it is what I say it is. If there are other episodes that have no B plot, 
then we can come back to this argument that this one didn't have a B plot. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Okay, you got 13 years. Okay, so we have to talk about this thing at the very beginning. So we, we can start talking about the show now. So <laughs> it opens up with a card game. Uh, and the doctor at some point starts ragging on the dudes for having a beard because they all have beards. And for some reason, Jordy has a beard. And I don't remember. Maybe you have some trivia about this. I do. I don't know if, if he ever has a beard later in the show so or is this all by itself so he he did grow a beard um off season and he was getting married and his wife wanted him to have a beard um and there was there was an episode where before this where he did have it and then he shaved it and it was never addressed so he had a beard and then the next day he didn't and that was kind of the end of it so this time to try and weave it a little bit more into the story they actually do address it and then when he loses it they address it again so um so there was a little bit more continuity with it rather than it just randomly being there oh okay made sense yes but it's also it i mean okay so they're they're off duty so i guess i could see the point in the conversation but i like people who are growing their beard don't always talk about it like it's just a thing that's happening and then if they decide against it they shave it like i didn't think it was anything that needed to be addressed on the show and if there was anybody complaining about the fact that there was one episode where jordy grew a beard and the next episode he didn't have it like not everything about like people get haircuts all the time yeah janeway (laughs) janeway changed her hair completely and nobody talked about it she would have beards left and right and no one no one ever talked about it (laughs) she was constantly she had a goatee she had the (laughs) maverick mutton chops great now we have to go into all of voyager and put beards on her like we have so much work to do for me and this episode is just causing so much work well it just struck me that she was so anti-beard and like she was so anti-beard that she's super disappointed because she obviously had the winning hand in this card game yeah and first of all i didn't realize they were still in the middle of a hand that they made this bet like what how stupid do you have to be that when somebody gets to the middle of a hand and then makes this crazy bet and accepts a crazy bet. Oh, that's you don't do that. You don't do that. No, pe- people don't real people don't, but movie people do all the time. So they, they have that weird exchange that never comes back. It's never a thing. It's not even, it doesn't even really set up the theme of the show or the, the episode. Yeah. It just is true. this, it's this random cold open where the doctor is being kind of an a-hole. Yeah. So they get to the station Man, we're only on the second scene. This is going to be a really long podcast. <laughs> and the only thing that happens is they set up the whole thing. And, and Jordy is always super grumpy when he talks about like when he's not in charge. He, he, Jordy has these things where he's like super nice or he's being a dick. Right. Right. Yeah. There's no in between. He's never just sort of neutral Jordy. Right. He was Dick Jordy. <laughs> dick Dixon. He was Dick, 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 dick Gossett. Yeah. Dick Dick Jordy. Yep. yep. <laughs> we're good. Uh, and then he meets... Farallon, who has this weird, I don't know if we've ever met her particular race before, but she has like the bridge of her nose looks like a vagina. (laughs) Sure. Okay. All the nerds are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) That's a vagina. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And so something happens. They send in the exocomp. It fixes the thing. And what, what struck me is as weird is like, why is Jordy so amazed that a robot went and fixed something? Like, he lives in the future. Like, he's surrounded by things that automatically do stuff all the time. Right. Like, this can't be the first time that humans sent a robot in to do something a human couldn't do, and it did it. 
Well, no, I don't. I I don't think that was the part. It was the fact that it didn't know what the problem was. Like it didn't. It went in without the tool, and it it replicated the tool to use. Why is that? Why that? I mean, that doesn't seem that out of the ordinary. Yeah, given given all the technology that's around them, it seems like this should have been invented at least a hundred years ago, Um, (laughs) or at least not. He's an engineer on the flagship flagship flagship. Yeah, flag flagship. On the flagship starship and something like that, something like that should be, at least he should know, he would have read about it in the journals. Right. Um, but she was, she was saying like, she hasn't showed anybody this. It's one of three prototypes. Um, she's waiting to, you know, and she was kind of talking about like, that's why she hasn't shown anybody because there, there've been a couple that have, um, that have gone rogue like this and she had to, she had to ripe their memories and shut them down. <laughs> it took some humans hostage. Right. Went rogue. Okay, so then they come aboard. The Farallon. <laughs> Farallon. Now I can't not hear that. Uh, <laughs> they come aboard and uh, Farallon meets Data. and kind of wanted her to be like, so Commander Data, where is your remote control? How do you control Lieutenant Commander Data? <laughs> because, because he's a machine uh-huh. and also a robot. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I can explain it more. If, so um, she, was, she was confused by how he was moving? She was confused that he was acting autonomously because that would have set up the theme that happens later. Yeah. Now that everybody's up to date, right. we can move on. Yeah. So, all right. I just, I just need to say, like, I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a good episode. Um, it's just, it was, there wasn't a whole lot of depth to it. And there wasn't a whole lot of anything to, to research on my end. Like, there was no behind the scenes trivia. There was no, like, character <laughs> trivia. Like, I have literally nothing exciting to add like as far as layers go because like the episode there are no layers so i just i it's amazing that we're only like not even 20 minutes into the episode i'm i'm having a hard time staying focused on this podcast (laughs) because this episode Uh. was so disappointing compared to what like it's it's a good episode taken just exactly how we're doing it. Like we're finding another episode. We're watching it. Cool. Let's move on. Um, but to know that it's a sequel to the measure of a man and having seen the measure of a man, this episode is not, is not good. <laughs> See, I have to disagree. I think, and, and here's why I liked it. I think it is kind of like what we were talking about in our He-Man discussion. Okay. Available, available, available on Patreon. If you're a Patreon subscriber. Wait, what? Uh, it's available on Patreon. If you're a Patreon subscriber. If you pay money, you can listen to us talk about He-Man and how – and what if it was a science fiction show? No, we're talking about in – in that discussion, we talk about that there was supposedly a script uh, the He-Man writers had written where nothing happens. They just – they just – they talk. They sit there and talk. Skeletor doesn't – Skeletor? Yep. Skeletor never never shows up. It's just a nothing happens – You know, the one where nothing happens. Right. And I said that's what science fiction should be. And that's why this episode, that's why I love this episode, because it's just a bunch of science fiction stuff where nothing happens, right? Because, for example, the perfect scene to illustrate this is when they beam aboard and Farallon is enamored with Data and starts asking him all these questions about his construction. And Jordy's left carrying the exocomp, exobomb, exocomp. And I was surprised at how long they stayed where they're sort of 
trailing off, walking into the distance, Data and Farallon, while Jordy is just sort of following them, kind of like, what are we doing here? Like, I thought we were <laughs> like members of Starfleet. And so, but they, they hung on it for so long. I was like, oh, this is great. This is what I want my science fiction to be, where it's just two people techno babbling about something that is relevant and somebody carrying a piece of tech, right? <laughs> just that's like the it, dream. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't cut up for any, re- like they were just like, this is the episode, right? They we're just going to let this sit for a second. And that's, I, I think that's why I understand why you say it doesn't have a lot of depth. It doesn't, right? But the depth comes from the exploration of this tech. Like I loved it. It was a data episode. Sure. Right. Yeah. This is totally a data episode. Not, not, in so far that it is a sequel to The Measure of a Man, but but that as well, but also that he's just he's being a, he's Dick Data, right? He's just being a detective trying to prove his theory, right? And and it's just I love it. I I love Data. <laughs> like this is why I love Data. Yeah, no, and I I I'm not I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. Um, like like I said, I, I think it was a good episode. Um, and it it absolutely it it played in the universe that it's in, um, in, in a way that most episodes don't. So I, I absolutely agree with you that it was, it was a good episode. I just, you, I mean, and you're agreeing with me that it just didn't have any layers. So, I mean, let's, let's keep going and let's see where we can discuss it. Just, I, there, it was, it was just so straightforward that I feel like there's not really going to be a whole lot of like, well, what was interesting to me or, and there, there, there isn't spoiler alert. There isn't any, well, did you know, or, and this is kind of a fun fact. Um, that's, that's not in this episode. I actually was thinking slash hoping that the next, the, the cut shot after Jordy went around that corner while they were talking was when they were, so when they sat down the exocomp, they would continue be, they would continue to be talking about data and his positronic brain or so like the conversation had gone on the entire time down that hallway <laughs> and into the room, you know, and data's like kind of finishing up some story or something. Uh, what, what if, so their, their dialogue is fading out as they, as they walk away from the camera and Jordy follows them and then nothing for like two seconds. And then you see data and, and Fairland walking back, crossing the same hallway, <laughs> talking about the same thing. And Jordy is following them still. Like they turned, they made the wrong turn. Right. Now, what if they made a, a, a second lap? They came back again. <laughs> uh, like, come on guys. Like, where do you want me to put this? Okay. Then we come upon Crusher yet again, where obviously they oh, were contracted everywhere. to pay her. Yeah. She, and so uh, like, so the, obviously the, 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 the conceit is that she and Worf were playing some sort of game, but let me, let me put that on its side for a second. Cause she's like, she's like mending herself. Oh yeah. 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 And they're, right, both, right, right. They're, they're, they're dressed in like, they're both dressed in geese, yep. you know? And I'm like, okay, what were they doing? I think Crusher and Worf are banging and everything that they said now go back and watch it makes total sense. Okay. That's Crusher and Worf banged in the sixth season. <laughs> Changed my mind. Yeah. And that's why she's all banged up. Cause you know, right. Oh yeah. It's rough. Klingons, yeah. you know, they, they, they like their rough sex. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, I was going to ask. So, uh, when did data make, I forgot her name, but lol. when he made lol. Yeah. Lol. LOL. <laughs> There's um, a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, I think season four. Oh, so he says to, to somebody forgot either it was Picard. Or, I think it's Picard. 
where he says, I do not reproduce yet. I I am still alive. Like he did reproduce. Well, kind he used of. his own, he used his own positronic, whatever. I mean, they, they make it clear that this was not just an invention, but right. a reproduction of himself. Right. Hmm. So I don't know, like, is this just a, an oversight? Yeah, I think so. I mean, probably because he's saying I, I can't procreate by choice in the way that, you know, everybody, everybody else does. There's no bang, bangity bang going on. I guess so. I don't know. It seems like an oversight to me. Or I feel like he wouldn't have said it that way. Right. No, he I, says, I do not reproduce. Right. That's what he says. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, I've, I've, yeah. I feel like it can, it can be viewed both ways. Um, so I'm totally willing to like, I, I either give him the benefit of the doubt or see it as an oversight. I, <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we need to move on. We need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but so to, to what, I mean, are you just pointing out a continuity error or, or was there a point to the fact? No, that, I just, uh, it, it struck me that he said that right. and he'd already had a tragedy of his reproduction well right so so here's the thing about law like immediately after she died she has been like completely forgotten other than being stored in data's memory bank like which he took her memory chips and put them in 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 him which i didn't remember until just now um but she's also like completely forgotten in picard she she's mentioned one sentence in passing where picard says something like uh data always wanted a daughter and in that episode, he says, like, I'm, I'm leaving it up to it to decide whether or not it wants to be a boy or a girl. So, you know, he did not always want a daughter. He didn't really care one way or the other. Can I do some Beverly Crusher bashing real quick? Please. So she's the only actor who never really seems to buy into the world for me. She always seems like she's kind of mugging the camera, like she knows she's on a TV show and not in the way that, for example, Picard buys into the into the world and data buys into the world, right? You believe you believe that they're there, right? Sure. But she always just seems like it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like she cares, right? And I just I I never get that I there's never an episode that I've ever seen where I feel like she is she is part of this Star Trekian world. She just seems too self aware. Well, I mean, I guess the fact that I'm thinking about it, my answer is no, but I, well, cause I've, I don't think I've ever given it a whole lot of thought. Um, I, I see what you're saying. She, it's less about her feeling like all the other characters seem like they are in the Star Trek universe and she seems like she's on a TV show about the Star Trek universe. There's, yeah, I just, yeah. And I'm not saying that she's necessarily a bad actor. Either. Right. No, no, no. I, I, I yeah. get it. There's just, there's a little bit less of a believability from her um when when she's spouting anything but i feel i feel like that's more speaking to her in general and i don't know if it was an actor's choice or a direction choice because i mean think about all the things that she talks about that don't have to do with you know i mean she's talking to data um and she's you know she's giving these lines and you're saying like you just you weren't really feeling it from her but none of the things that she said were we're Star Trek based, you know, she's saying like, I guess in, in simple terms, like this is what would define something living like, you know, and anybody could say that, but she, she conveys it in a way that you feel is just one, one degree of separation from how everybody else is doing it. Yeah. I don't believe that she believes it. I guess that's, that's maybe that's an acting thing. I don't know, but I don't, I believe that she's reading the script. Right. Right. That's what the script says. Or she's not imparting. Maybe it's, maybe it's not her fault necessarily, but there's not a lot of character. 
the the episode where everybody disappears on the ship. That's a, that's a great episode, and I feel like she she does a great job with it. I don't feel like that is an episode where she she is acting like she's on a TV show. I feel like she is genuinely concerned about what is happening around her, and she cannot figure You're right, it out. That 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 is a good episode. Um, You're right. And so maybe maybe it's just more that she maybe it's just her cadence, like how she says things. It just come, doesn't come across in a way that appears to be. Genuine. It could be that. It could be. I mean, whenever she does techno babble, it always feels. I've said this before. It always feels like she's just barely able to get it out. Right. She's just barely able either memorizing it or like not stumbling over the words, which I know that they all had problems with. You can watch amazing behind the scenes stuff <laughs> about it. So Dave is asking about his life, like what what constitutes living to Beverly. Like that, that's the so this episode, like just taking at face value is, you know, it's 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 a great story, blah, blah, blah. But if you know anything about the characters, like Data would not be talking to the doctor about it. I mean, maybe the question about the the value, like the what constitutes living um, and then throwing out fire as like a counterpoint and kind of hearing her thoughts on it. But Every other thing about investigating, I mean, episode, like three episodes later, again, I'm only saying this because Netflix is up right now, but the thumbnail has <laughs> Data and Jordy as Sherlock and Watson. Like it's Data and Jordy. That's who does these things. So, yeah. you know, the fact that he's going to crush her, it, he wouldn't. He'd be going to Jordy saying, you know, you're the engineer. You need to be looking at this. You know how you know how I work. Take a look at this thing. Like he would not be going to, to Dr. Crusher about it. Thinking back on it, I can see why Data would want to go to a doctor, right? Sure. Because there's nobody who knows about life more than a doctor exactly, would. Exactly, right. But the conversation that they have is not one that I think that a doctor would, would – I would feel like you'd want to have – I want my doctor to give me – well, you, it depends on, on who you ask. If you ask – this, if you ask me a doctor, me the doctor, I would tell you, well, it's this, this, and this when cells divide and that you give them food and you give them a very technical answer. Right. Or then you could say, or if you talk to a philosopher, they might say, you know, and then give a very philosophical answer. Right. You do do it that way. That doesn't happen. Right. Right. They don't, she doesn't come to it as a doctor, which is the, the sole reason that data probably went to her in the first place. Right. Pulaski would have given us a great answer. Right. Right. It would have been a great medical this is why this happens. And this is what we consider to be a lot. Like, Data's not the first person to ask this to a doctor, right? Yeah, that's true. So I, there must be something, especially because Picard says in the show, the soul or the, the primary mission of this ship is to seek out new life. Right. And so the fact that she doesn't have an answer ready to go tells me they should fire her immediately <laughs> and bring on somebody else. That's true. Right? Yeah. yeah. Bring back Pulaski. <laughs> what? She won't return my phone calls? What's a phone call? Okay. <laughs> Who's talking there? I don't know. It's for you to it's for you to decide. Okay. Listener. Um. <laughs> don't call me that. I hate it when you call me. That. <laughs> uh, I love data. I just love all this data stuff. I wish every episode was about data. So by the way, there's like four Captain's Log act openers yeah. in this. Is that normal? It, that can't be normal. It's, it's not normal, but it's not uncommon with Next Generation. Um, okay. There, there was a lot of not only bringing up to speed, but being able to hear the captain's insight into what was happening, which right. I, I felt kind of happened in this one a little bit, um, especially with the last one. You know, he's like, "This is this is why." Well, yeah this this is why I'm down on the base because I'm doing the final inspection to give my report. Like, it was it it's here's the here's the voiceover explaining the scene change. 
So we don't have to have that in dialogue. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which works. Yeah. Works great. Yeah. I, I mean, having a captain's log is, is a genius way of legitimately providing plot and information to the audience without having to throw it into dialogue. Um, and it's a way that absolutely makes sense in the world. A captain would need a captain's log. Um, yeah. It, it's when they're doing it in the middle of a battle. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Where the captain steps off to the side and just pulls out his pad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in present tense. It's not like he's he's making a log for later when they won. It's in, He's making it when they're in a shootout, <laughs> like sometimes. Not in this episode, but uh, yeah, it has I'm happened. very curious to know, like, which episode you're referring to. Like, I, uh, well, it, it happens. It may not happen in this show. It may happen in other Star Trek shows. But there are times where there will be a captain's log and you will literally see two ships shooting at each other. <laughs> and someone's having, oh, like, taking the time to make a captain's log. that kind of shootout. I thought you meant, like, on a planet firing <laughs> phasers at, at each other. <laughs> well, I mean, it, whatever kind of shooting you're doing, not, then is not the time to start making a captain's law. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. Yeah. No, and I, I think you're right. I think there are times. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like yesterday's Enterprise. I think that's the name of the episode. Yes. Um, yeah. Where, episode. but it's it's uh it's almost like a Mexican standoff. So nobody's firing at anybody, and there that that's when there's a captain's log. Um, right. If I'm remembering right. Oh man, which I makes sense. That episode. Soon. Well, eventually we will. Uh, well, I know. I know. Soon. <laughs> People are going to know that we actually do randomly generate episodes because all we do is bitch about how we get the crappy ones. <laughs> yeah. Just anybody. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, there is, there is something. The, the a simulation. The, the simulation yes. of the, the proton or the... Whatever. Yeah. Okay. The, the thing. Yeah. The, the, proto, the, the protabulizer was about to negulate. Um, and... <laughs> So they, they, they send it in. Um, and what was really cool about this, I don't know if you went back and watched it, but when he said like, it, it'll take him 60 seconds, it was 60 seconds, give or take a second, like on every time he counted down. So that second, that, that's awesome. Yeah. That, and with editing, that is such a pain in the butt to do. That's interesting. So did you time it yourself? Yeah. So the, um, the 50 seconds the, or the 20 seconds to 10 seconds, I think actually felt like 10 seconds. So I was very curious if it, if it was that, especially be, because of the tense music. Um, and so I went back right. and I, I watched the, the timer on the, um, the play feed as it went and, and yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So they do, they do the experiment and they, um, at first, initially think that it's not alive because it fails the experiment, and then Data runs his experiments, and then uh, the crap hits the fan, and they and and Jordy and Picard are trapped, and they have twenty three minutes to to get them out. Yes, and they want to send in they want to send in the exocomps to destroy themselves, which which will fix the problem. Data says, "Nah," and he gives the explanation as to why they didn't actually fail the test. Data does. Yes. Riker's like, I don't care. We're going to do this. Sorry, Data. And then Data's like, they're not going to go in and destroy themselves because they they are they're sentient. They're not going to do that. We've we've I've proven this. And then Farallon is like, okay, I can disconnect their command module so they can't say no. Right. And then Riker's okay, do it. So in that moment, they've just agreed and conceded to Data that he's right. But they're still going to go and murder the exocomps anyway. Interesting. Right. Yeah. They've already the fact that they're like, oh, Data's right. He just explained it to us. We're we're going to do it anyway. 
So they're about to murder like this life form to save Picard and Geordi, who probably would have disagreed with that with that decision to begin with. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point that I didn't even consider. Like the fact that they were saying we can override that resistance. Yeah, the fact they're going to say no, that they don't want to go in and kill themselves. Right. And Riker is is hardcore wanting to do it. He does not <laughs> Please care. let me. He's not Yeah, he's like shaking him by the shoulders. I mean, which I also get. Like even even if you like you didn't see them as a living being, you know, like they're they're going to they're going to disobey the commands. Okay, well, let's override that so they will do the commands. Like they're, they're machines that are that are they have, that have a glitch. They're just being difficult. We need to override that glitch. Um, and even even if you argue that like they or data, you know, saying like I'm I'm right. Like Riker is like I I've known this machine that can't talk to me for less than a day, and it can save our captain who I've known for six years now. I am absolutely happy to destroy this new life <laughs> if it means that we can get these two back. Right. And Farallon also wants to do that, not necessarily because she doesn't care about the exocomps, but because she wants to save her project. Right. Which is weird to me because she has basically created another life form. And it would seem to me that your particle fountain crap, (laughs) like that is totally expendable to having created a new life form. Right. She created a new life form. Yeah. Yet. That's less important to her than her particle fountain. Like how, how many times have they said, we don't, we don't understand how data can exist. And there's basically like a primordial data in there that they can carry around with them <laughs> that, she, that she made. Yeah. And, and she doesn't think that that is going to be more, whether she's like, whether it's altruism or not, whether it's just she wants a better career, all of those things could be way better for her if she were to take the exocomp as new life part and and who cares about the, the particle, whatever. Right, but fountain. I mean, she she was trying to build a new tool and she, you know, and now she's being told that she she built a like life, which I get if if that's not your end goal and it's not because I mean, the moment the moment you create life, then you can't really you can't patent it. You can't continue to own it like you can't you can't use it against its will. So I would <laughs> I'd be very reluctant to admit that this tool like i would i would need concrete evidence which they get by the end of the episode um that this this thing is self-aware um it's learning it's adapting and it 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 is trying to preserve itself i mean it's like it's like if i was trying to cook some breakfast and i accidentally built a house you know and somebody was like oh my gosh this is amazing like you know i you should move in i'm like well but i'm still hungry like I'm, i'm disappointed that i built a house because now I'm not eating my cooked eggs. Right, but surely you'd be willing to forego the the, the one meal for a, a new place to live, right? Depends on how bad I wanted the eggs, and she wanted those eggs pretty bad. <laughs> I, I guess. It just seems short-sighted to me Absolutely. as a scientist. Well, yes, and I, I think at that point, but it's it's because the the end goal was not the intended result, and when you're... as it, But uh, arguably, in science, it rarely is. <clears throat> true and that is definitely a political argument that is just going to be shoved to the side we're not going to talk about that <laughs> it's not political it's not political it's true it, like it's a factual thing that people all the time in science are trying their their intention is is sometimes 
totally separate from their result. It should absolutely and, be true. But I think that science has been um, bought so much that people ignore evidence that doesn't support the the results and they will pigeonhole things to make sure that they are getting the results that they want. Um, right. Yes. There, there are, there are perversions of that. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of science, like there are science, multitudes of examples. Science in its purest of, form of, should be that when you find something new, you don't is go. that it, it, it is that like that is science, but I see what you're saying that it is perverted in some ways where they, they manufacture the result from an intention, which is wrong. And I agree. Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think that's what she was doing. She wanted it to be a tool so bad that she wasn't willing to listen to the evidence that it was alive until it was irrefutable yeah. and she couldn't ignore it, which is what happened, which I actually, I, <laughs> I forgot that one of them sacrificed themselves. So I was actually hoping that one of the exocomps would be like, uh, uh-uh, no, I'm not going, I'm not, go- I'm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> or the exocomp like, holds a human hostage with a knife to its throat <laughs> and like backs out of the room. Right. It's like, I'm not going. Yeah, no, that would have been great. Like if there were four exocomps, one of them flew off the transporter pad um, and just stayed off to the side and the other three went down and then one of them sacrificed themselves. <laughs> and so for the rest of the show, you have this exocomp that's hiding on the decks of the Enterprise. <laughs> And you see it like in the background as they're, as they're doing like walk and talk. <laughs> like you just see it kind of float by in a hallway. Just becomes part of the crew. <laughs> by the way, how badass would it be to see a Borg assimilated exocomp? Yeah. That'd be weird. That'd be awesome. Like if there was a, if there, if it's a life form, they would assimilate. It's, yeah. it's an amazing life form because it can like make tools out of nothing. Well, but like think about what, you know, what happened with data. Like they, they gave him human skin. So, so they just say there's wrap right. in human skin. It's not, it's not assimilation. It's conversion. The problem is they've always met organic matter. So they convert it to a robot, but if they find a robot, they would convert it to organic matter. Yeah, that's true. So it could be that a lot of the Borg that they encounter are actually robots converted into like this half and half thing <laughs> that the Borg have to be. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Horrifying. Okay, so so the exocomps are established to be life forms, and they have that that sort of short and sweet debrief with the doctor, Data, and Picard. Um, and by the way, is Farallon totally phoning it in in this scene? I don't know if it's the writing or the acting or both, but she sort of gives these super ter- like like high school level sing songy performance of all of her lines. So yeah, and. Again, I think it goes back to like she's she's just it's reluctant acceptance of the new situation. She's disappointed that she can't use her exocomps as tools anymore. And I think that, you know, she's she's saying like, yes, as a scientist, it is interesting. and I am going to pursue it. and I'm sure eventually I will be excited about it. But I just lost my tools, man. Can you like let me be sad about it for a day? <laughs> or how about you pivot to the to finding the Holy Grail? Of, of of robotics in this particular like how about you pivot to that tomato tomato man <laughs> you're uh, you're just a glass half full kind of guy i guess so especially since she talked about how important all this crap was to her well yeah as a tool now she's the tool boy is she 
All right. What happens next in this podcast? Do we, oh, we have to decide if it's actually a, yes. It is a Star Trek. Oh, yeah, a good Star Trek episode. Yeah, yeah. It's the well. It's the best Next Generation we've seen so far. Solid sci-fi episode. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of layers to like moral dilemmas. Um, you know, because data data is going to make the right choice. It's not. It's not as much fun when data has to make the choice. It's it's cool because you know he's he's right and he's a dick. But but it's. It's not he he doesn't struggle with it at all. Well, I like the idea that he did struggle, but you know, in, in terms of computer struggling, like for example, in first contact right. when he's trying to decide whether or not he's going to betray Picard, you know, he says it took me point seven six seconds, whatever he says. Yeah. And he says, But to an Android, that's a lifetime. And I, I, I think that he probably had the same kind of moment in this where he was gonna sacrifice Picard and Jordy, his two best friends, or not really, his one best friend and also some other his guy. commanding officer. <laughs> yeah. The one who defended uh, him. Are, yeah, exactly. Expendable. <laughs> Expendable. Uh, so I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I think it had just as many layers as it needed to have. You know, I, I don't think it was lacking for me. I, I, I appreciated every, almost every moment of this episode. I felt like it was, it's, it's what I want my science fiction to be. Sure. Um, and I, I, and I know, and I think that that's where you and I differ a little bit. I, I like the, the humanity side of things a little bit more. Um, and I think that Star Trek, you know, a really good Star Trek episode, Next Generation has the, the sci-fi and it has the moral dilemma, like the best of both worlds, you know, when Commander Riker, like the, the cliffhanger where he says fire, like, yeah, you know, that's, that's an amazing moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Although we, we have seen them up against the Borg before. And usually firing on them does nothing. So it's not, you know, if you really think about it, it's like, eh, <laughs> nothing happens after that usually. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, you know, any, anyway, so the point being where they, they actually do have a moral dilemma that is discussed usually in the captain's quarters, um, sometimes in the writing room. Like those are, those are the ones that I, I thoroughly enjoy. So yeah. All right. Well, cool. Let's see what's next, shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. Ha <laughs> ha. Star Trek Voyager. Okay. Season six, episode 21. Wow. Live fast and furious. <laughs> no. Guest starring Vin Diesel. <laughs> Live fast. Actually, The Rock is in a Voyager episode. Uh, I Not know. this one, though. Live fast and prosper. Original air date, April 19th, 2000. 2000. Huh. I had to reorient myself there for a second. Anyway, a clever trio of identity thieves claiming to be Janeway, Chakotay, and Tuvok makes trades all over the quadrant and gives Voyager a bad name. Because that's what they should care about, is getting a bad name. Right? And that's that's the thing about like Voyager in general. Like I said, they're on the way out. It really doesn't matter. And these are like hundreds, thousands, millions of light years. I mean, like, it's not like it's a town that they have to travel through. Right. And they're not coming back. Yeah, exactly. But we're already critiquing my favorite show <laughs> on the planet. Just based on the blurb and this yeah. wonderful thumbnail. Of... <laughs> is, is, it, is it Janeway? Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it's, 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 like, 